taught more junior golfers than most people in America. He gives lessons, he runs camps, academies, and tours, coming to you from outside, for the first time outside podcast, from Rustic Canyon Golf Course in Moore Park, California. Today's guest is PGA professional Dan Martin. What's up, Dan? Thanks for having me on your uh, podcast here. I'm, I'm uh, honored to be a part of it. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for doing it. We are sitting outside on the tee box of the sixth hole at Rustic Canyon. If you've never been to Rustic Canyon, it is a Lynx style course, but I thought it was a Scottish Lynx, and you told me when we were driving out here, it is a... Australian Lynx, actually. Yes. Australian Lynx. What's the difference? Uh, it's modeled more after the uh, the uh, famous courses in Australia, like uh, Royal Melbourne. Okay. Uh, stuff that's in the sand belt. So uh, the uh, the top topography of uh, Southern California and where a lot of the famous uh, Australian Australian golf courses are very similar. Um, so, but an Australian Lynx, it kind of has a wide open feel. It's built into the land, much like a Scottish Lynx. Uh, plays firm and fast, but it's definitely uh, just just a little different look to it. Gil yeah. Hans, the uh, designer, that's that's what he was really going for when he came up here was to do a, do an Australian Lynx. Great course, not easy, but gettable. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of easy, but it has unless the, the wind's blowing like 30 or 40. Well, then it's very difficult. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, on a, on a normal uh, Southern California pretty day, pretty easy golf course. Uh, unless you're not very good at putting, well, then you may have a long day. Very, very big greens <laughs> here. Sometimes the apron is like a millimeter longer than the green. You could putt from very far away. That is very, very true. So yeah, you better if you if you're gonna be here, you don't have to hit it all that straight, but you do need to figure out how to. Um, if you don't hit it close to the hole, you're going to have some putts over some hills and you're going to face some hundred foot putts once in a while. So. Should we tell everyone the dirty little secret of where the greens break or let them find it sure. out on your own? Yeah, sure. I mean, everything, everything breaks to the gate. So we say, um, yeah. that's just because the golf course is built on a slope. There are some exceptions to that rule for sure on this course, but the, the opening gate for the most part, at least on the front nine, yep. everything breaks towards that opening gate, but you heard it here first or yeah, last. Yeah. So you're a Southern California guy. Yes, I am. Grew up here. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, La Crescenta, California, uh, kind of pretty much part of Glendale. Okay. Um, and uh, lived, um, you know, or lived most of my early life there, of course. Uh, grew up in one house with my parents, went to Crescenta Valley High School. Um, that's just a, that's just a born and raised uh, Southern California guy. So. So La Crescenta, Glendale is a suburb. La Crescenta is like a suburb of Glendale. Oh, Glendale yep. So you're, it's L.A., yeah, but mm -hmm. out there, it's does it did it really feel like Los Angeles, Hollywood, all that stuff. I don't know. I feel I like a suburb. I think when you're born here, yeah, it doesn't really like make much. Uh, I don't know. It didn't, make, it didn't like really resound with me that I was living in LA until I got into my 20s, and then I was like, oh, I'm actually in LA. So right. Were you an athlete growing up? Play sports growing up? Uh, not like I wouldn't say I was a really good athlete. I was actually uh, I was into school early, so I was always kind of small on the smaller end um, growing up. So. Uh, golf became something I gravitated towards. I tried other sports. Uh, I loved playing all of them, at least socially and recreationally, and playing like YMCA stuff and stuff like that. But um, golf seemed to be like the one thing that I, I really, really uh, fell in love with. Probably more, mostly though, because my uh, father really had a passion for the game, and he taught me to play, and that's just always been our, our, our link. Uh, my dad's uh, turned 97 this year. And wow. So we still talk golf all the time. And Can uh, he still get out there and play? Uh, no. He's, can he putt? He, uh, well, yeah, he can putt. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, last time we played together, he actually got a hole-in-one, and that was wow. on, that was on his, his 82nd birthday, so that was wow. pretty cool. That's so, cool. Yeah, and he never had one, so that was uh, that was a good, that was like a good career ender for him right there. So I've still got, I've still got hope, because I've never had one either. <laughs> so you go to high school in La Crescenta, you don't, do you play golf? In high school? Yeah, I did. Um, I actually played on the basketball team as a freshman um, and really rapidly realized that riding the pine was probably not going to work out. It's a lot of running and practicing and stuff like that to really not, to play, not play. To not play? To play garbage time once in a while. Um, um, then one of my friends uh, that I hung out with uh, was into golf. He actually, uh, his 
his um, uncle was uh, Jerry Barber. Uncle or grandfather? I'm, I might be wrong on that, but let's just go with uncle. Oh, uncle. Um, at at uh, the Barber family of Griffith Park. Um, so he got me into their Griffith Park Junior program, and I started hanging out with him, and he was on the golf team, and I just said, hey, you know, I, I, lo and behold, I was almost as good as him. So I'd been playing golf as a youngster just with my dad, playing right. three parkour and stuff like that, um, and then just really kind of took a liking to it and, and really fell in love with the game as pretty much a sophomore in high school. And that's where I really got good from sophomore, junior to senior. Okay. Year. You go to college at UCLA? Uh, well, it's, it's sort of. I went to Cal State Northridge. Uh -huh. I went to Glendale. I transferred to UCLA. Okay. So, so yeah, so I went, went to all Playing the, golf the whole time? Uh, no, actually, I did not play, did not touch a golf club uh, after high school. So I got to be about, a, I'd say, about a mid-70s, occasionally low-70s player in high school. But just, uh, I don't know, I just wasn't really feel like I was going to be able to, like, walk onto a golf team. And it really wasn't on my radar. Um, everybody, you know, every kid that plays high school, they think they want to play college golf, but I didn't. I got into music. Um, I grew up playing cello, so that's a whole other side note. So that was something else I did. But when I was going to Glendale College, I, I got into singing and uh, I formed a kind of a electronic synth pop band. With you know, I need friends. to hear this, right? Was it? Yes, I do know you need to hear this. <laughs> I stuff have to stuff hear you this. didn't know about me already, but got into music. Actually, learned how to sing in college at Glendale College. So I was heavily involved in their music, their music uh, department, and uh, that's what I did during most of my college years. Is I was in a rock band. I was the front man. I wrote most of the songs. So what what instrument do you play in a rock band? Um, I actually just sang. I was just front man. Yeah. Um, but I did most of my writing on a, on what we would call a sequencer back then. Things are done more on computers these days. But so a sequencer um, with a you know with a couple a couple synthesizers and drum machine and stuff like that. But we actually had guitars and drums in our band. But I did all the writing on that and crafted most of the songs and. And uh, we had a band for you know the better part of my college years. Really? Yep. And even actually put it after getting into golf, I actually we put our band back together at the uh, at, in 1999 and made one more run at it. What was the band name? Uh, our band originally was called Chaucer is Naked. Chaucer is Naked. The English writer, yeah. So Chaucer is Naked. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, being of English uh, in English literature, but a, a friend of mine actually, um, whose nickname was Chaucer. So that's uh, that's how we started, and then that kind of evolved into we actually when I redid the band, we we were the Synergy Effect. Okay. And that was our our second go round, and we actually uh, got a song actually into a movie. Mike, I can't remember the name of the movie off offhand. It was a it was a really bad uh, horror movie though. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Though. Oh, it's no, I Pinata. That's what it was called. Pinata. That, that's right. Yeah. So it's I feel like I've seen Pinata. I'm sorry if you did. It was really bad. But uh, was it an 80s movie? Uh, no, no, no. It was. Uh, it came out in uh, in 2000, right about then, or 2001. 2000. Look it up, everybody. Pinata. So, anyways, so we got a song, but that was it. And then we kind of fell apart in our own ways, and and I reimmersed myself into my 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 newly forming uh, golf career. That was my next question. So, how old are you? When you're out of college now, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. So how old are you when you get into golf, and, and how did that work? Did you get into golf instruction? Because you can't just go, hey, I want to be a golf teacher. Well, it was, and... really, it was really weird. When I uh, when I moved in with my wife, my wife, uh, my current wife right now, <laughs> my only wife. But when we moved, let's make together... that very clear, Dan. <laughs> When we moved in, uh, when we moved in together um, in in uh, 1995, uh, there was an old gentleman in the apartment we moved into who uh, played golf, and I just started playing again just for fun, and just kind of picked up the clubs again. But uh, he had a regular force of guys he played with at Griffith Park. And he invited me out to play, and they played fun money games, and you know, it just it was really fun to start playing again. So I started playing again and got more and more into it, and I started taking lessons. I decided uh, there was a guy named Ted Eleftherio up at Shoal Canyon where I practiced up there. Um, at, at that point in time in my, it was kind of like my mid-20s. Um, we would, uh, 
I would, I would go up there and, uh, and, and practice and I always watch this guy teaching and he worked with a lot of really good junior players and he really knew what he was talking about and whatnot. And so I eventually approached him to take a lesson. So I started taking lessons for the first time in my life. Um, and you're how old now, 25 I'm 26 then at okay. this point in time. So I mean, I really haven't taken any lessons. I've been self-taught all my life, other than my dad helping me out. Um, and uh, I was still a pretty good player, but I just felt like I could get better. Saw myself on video for the first time, was very disappointed. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a heartbreaking. Camera doesn't but, blink. No. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, really worked hard on my game, got better and better, and uh, approached uh, Ted actually about, you know, what does it take to get into the business? And he said, oh, yeah, you got you to pass your you know, playing ability test for the PGA. And uh, so uh, lo and behold, as soon as I mentioned to him, three weeks later, he got me a gig at, uh, at Arcadia 3PAR. Uh, when I was 27 at this point in time. And um, I went and interviewed, you know, not knowing anything, never really having ever given a lesson or whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, but they, they took me on because they, uh, they wanted somebody to run, help run a junior program. They didn't really have any big choices. And because I came recommended from Ted, I got my chance and that's how it started. You're teaching people, but you're not accredited, or I don't know if that's the right word, by PGA. So you decide, I want to be a PGA professional instructor. Mm -hmm. So how does that happen? Well, I mean, you, you start by taking a playing ability test and then you pass that and you shoot some target score of reasonably good golf um, for two rounds on one day and then you enter, you enter the PGA program, you pay your money basically. And it's like a college course in golf for all practical purposes that's based around your work experience. And you know, it takes, uh, you can do it in as few as two years or you can, do, you can take the, uh, the procrastinated uh, version like I did. <laughs> Which is ironic. I was a very good student in high school and college, but when it came to getting some of that stuff done, it took me a long time. But uh, yeah, I eventually eventually uh, powered through and got it done. And um, but that's if you yeah if you want to teach or be in the business, it's it's very helpful to be a PGA professional. There's more doors that can open for you. But certainly uh, a lot of the teachers that I know that are that some of my favorite teachers uh, as of like like George Gankus and Chris Mason. Right. These guys do great. They're not PGA guys. So I mean, with I think with kind of the way the internet and of course social media have gone, you've really you can really build a right. a following following in a base in a lot of different ways. But that was 20 years ago when I got in the business, so. Yeah, I mean, it does mean something, I guess, to have that. It does, you know, it's, it's good, it's PGA good. It's, your... it's never, it's never, it's never hurt me having it, so. Yeah, I, I would not think so. <laughs> if nothing, if nothing else, you know, in our, in our brotherhood of professionals, we get to play a lot of free golf, I guess. Yeah, the brotherhood <laughs> of professionals, I like that, I like the way that Or at sounds. least these days, reduce price golf. I guess anybody who walks in and goes, hey, I want to learn how to play golf, or I need to do this, I need to do that, you'll coach anybody, adults, juniors. Mm -hmm. You still coach adults? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, yeah, I coach I coach anybody that that wants lessons. I, but I really built my business in as I kind of moved from my one one course to other. So I started at the Arcadia Three Par. I was involved with the juniors a lot, having a junior program. When I moved to Simi Hills and uh, resurrected uh, what was the Nike Golf Centers uh, Learning Centers program there, which was built around teaching a lot of adults and new golfers. Um, but I also built a, a new junior program there and kind of brought back a junior tour program. And that's when I kind of really like got myself a little more entrenched into junior golf. And once I had like done really well at Simi Hills um, and had a, a lot of junior clients had built a really nice junior program, I decided that I was gonna, I, it was time for me to not work for another company and you know, kind of give them all my money, you know? Yeah, and, start uh, your own. And, and move, on, move on on my own. And I got an opportunity up here at Rustic Canyon and that's when I made the jump. It was very convenient. I kept all my clients because I was only, you know, Five, you know, six more miles down the Much road. Much nicer golf facility. Uh, here got to, Rusty. yeah, and it was brand new when I when I when I first got here. It was just after their first fires, but I mean, the facility had only been open for you know a year, a couple, not even a year, not even two years, uh, when I when I first came here in the end of 2003, and then I've been here ever since. So this has kind of been my 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 home base. Yeah, it's it, it's great, and it's quiet, and it's great, and it's it's got space. We got a nice short game area, got a big range, and we got a 
world-class golf course. It's hard in LA to find places that have everything. I mean, you can, they've got a great driving range, you know, chipping area, and For they've sure. got chipping area, and when the driving range is mats, or it's small, or it's in a neighborhood, or, you know, we've gone to golf courses that don't have driving ranges. That's right. I mean, LA, it's, the land is so valuable. Like, I like Shoal Canyon, but they won't put a chipping area in because they know that they can make more money hosting weddings and of course exactly. and things there and that's just all part of golf in los angeles yes it is what do you like about coaching juniors i think that the best part about coaching juniors is enthusiasm for the game uh very pliable and moldable so you don't have a lot of inset habits i mean teaching better players you do sometimes but for the most part, you know, developing a, a junior player. And my specialty is a little bit more, not necessarily like the rank beginner. I've done a lot of that. But what I really like now is, you know, kids that have kind of found their way into golf and mm -hmm. they're enthusiastic about it, like taking them and, to, and making them really good competitive players. That's kind of like my, that's always been the mainstay of what I do. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun because it's fun to work with people that are passionate about it and they're going to practice and they're going to get better. And I don't know, I'm just a little bit of a kid myself. And, you know, I didn't have that as a kid. And maybe that's part of it. It's like, you know, I, not that it wasn't available, but it was just different when I was growing up playing golf. There wasn't really a lot of junior programs. And so um, being involved in it and providing a platform for kids that love the game to get better is just, it's a lot of fun for me. It's very rewarding. Right. Now you have an interesting philosophy. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of guys who teach, coach, instruct, and a lot of guys are like, well, let's hit a bucket of balls and see what happens. You, you talk a lot about mindset and more of a philosophical approach, a visual approach. Mm -hmm. What kind of things do you teach? What do you try to instill in these kids, in well, these juniors? Well, first and foremost, I mean, I believe that you should learn this game by playing it. So it, it's, not, it's not that important that a kid that's, that's starting in the game that's passionate about it has the perfect golf swing. And there's nothing wrong with building great mechanics and, and, and movement patterns and whatnot. I just don't feel like that has to be done right out of the gate. I think that's something that evolves, and the more the player tends to want to want to go farther with the game, the more that becomes a, a more integral part of, the, of what they do. Um, so I like to have kids that I work with involved in, in I kind of call it like a three-pronged approach. I want them to be in a program where they're with like-minded kids that are enthusiastic right. about the game, right. where they're actually getting on the golf course, so much like uh, you know your son's in my program now. Mm -hmm. So so they, they get out and then they're with a, they're like with kids that are enthusiastic about the game, and we I can coach them on parts of the game that aren't just about golf, but about how to manage themselves and how to be responsible and how to think on the golf course, how to understand your emotions and how to strategize. There's so much to learn in golf that's way beyond the technique of the swing. Sure. And so and that's a really valuable part. I always felt like that's been my edge as a coach. I have a lot of players that, yeah, maybe they don't have the best swings. They got good swings. But I got a lot of kids that play college golf at a very high level that really know how to play. Like they know themselves. They've learned, they've grown up in these programs. They've learned how to manage themselves. And so I just, I just believe that's the best, the best possible way. And so I like to see program. I like to see them compete. I think it's important for them to be in tournaments. And I think it's very important for them to actually have some private coaching as well. Right. And so if you're doing those three things, you have a program, you've got a private coach, and you've got, and you're, you're playing, you're competing, you are a kid that's ascending towards, you know, playing college golf or having that opportunity. Right. And I like the fact that the kids in your programs, they have to take ownership of what's going on because having sons who play junior golf, it's, it's easy to let's go to the driving range, let's hit a bucket, and let's chip and let's putt. But when they're out here, and I like what you said, like-minded kids, and kids in and around their age and they have to push their own cart and they have to read their own yardages and there's so much of golf because it's such a singular event there's no team i can't rely on my quarterback to throw me the pass i gotta hit that shot mm -hmm. and then i gotta go hit the next one and the next one and i think when i see these kids out here i i like watching them 
you can see the wheels spinning. You can right. see the process happening in front of you. It's important, you know, and when, if you're a coach, it's not about just giving information. It's about setting an environment for them to discover what works. And that's really like, I mean, the, all the coaches that I've really kind of modeled myself after is certainly in that element of the game, like Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Marriott P. and Nelson of Vision 54, um, Fred Shoemaker, uh, Timothy Galway. I mean, it's all these, all these coaches are much more about, hey, the players got it and everybody's different. So we need to provide a platform for and, and activities for people to discover what works, give them options. And so, so all my programs are very kind of structured in such that I have a very detailed lesson plan. I have things that I want the kids to do, but I, or to discover, but I don't want to sit there and say, well, you got to do this, this, and this. Right. No, I'm going to set up a short game activity and a putting activity, and I'm going to make it unique. I'm going to make some challenges. I'm going to do that on the golf course. I'm going to change the rules of the game so it highlights things like building confidence or strategy or um, you know being more emotionally aware of yourself. And I think that's I think that when you can do that for somebody, I mean, you really set you they, they have to take ownership of it. And that's what I want. I want kids to be able to coach themselves, to play their own game and to really know, you know, how they tick. And that's how I mean that's a good athlete. Forget just golf. Right. You know, I don't care if you're on a team sport or not, until you know yourself and who you are and how you do it your best. You don't figure that out by somebody telling you. You figure that out by doing by it doing and it. getting up and screwing up a lot. And so I love kids that have imperfect swings and a passion for the game and get out and play a lot because you figure out a lot. You do. And then as you get better and better, it's amazing how the swings just start to kind of find themselves because if there's a if there's a reason to hit shots and get better at them because you play a lot, then there's a hell of a lot of motivation to want to actually fix your swing or make it better, make shots better. And so I think that that's that's really huge for for uh, for any for any uh, for any kid is like if I'm not play- if you're learning this game without playing it and being in like the environment, boy, you're missing out. <laughs> Yeah, and and I, you know, that's a good point. You can't go in your backyard and play catch forever. You got to go play baseball. That's right. Or football. You can't just shoot free throws all the time. That's exactly right. And I like to, you know, when you go to football practice, you go to baseball practice, you go to basketball practice. What's the very first thing you do? You warm up. No, of course. Yeah. Stretch. Oh, of course. Yeah. What do kids do when they come to your camp? What's the first thing they do? That's the first thing we do is warm up. <laughs> yeah, you stretch. You're running karaoke's and mm-hmm. high knees and. Sure. It's a sport. I, I've never. It's a sport, and I've never seen that at any other golf practice. It's literally here's a bucket of balls. Let's take a look at your swing, and we'll fix one thing, and then you'll pay me, and then you'll leave. Yeah, again, we're responsible for their physical, so that's part of it. Their technical, their mental, their emotional, their social, so the environment, and then even their spirit. And that's you know that's straight out of uh, you know Vision Fifty Four books. Is those are that, that's the that's the makeup of a person, if you will. And so so we're not just you know swing robots. We're right. all these other things, and they all need to be addressed, and they all affect. I mean, if you want your technique is affected by all these other things. And so I think it's I think I, I think if we're not teaching kids how that works, then we're really shortchanging them. And I, mean, I think in this day and age where kids are buried in phones more and more. Man, people aren't living, you know, aren't experiencing things. And there's such a rich experience to be outdoors, walking in a golf cart, chasing a golf ball that with your mean, friends that that means nothing but means everything. Yeah. You know, and that's a that's a very that's a, that's such a that's such an awesome thing to be able to do. And so, you know, going back to your question about why do I teach kids? Well, you know what? Kids, they're not corrupted with it. They're not, oh, they're not worried about how they look or, you know, what position or how far they hit it yet or stuff like that. Right. They're just out here to play and to get better and, and, to, and, to, and to enjoy it. And I think that, uh, I think that if you can instill some of these, these habits that, that go along with being a great person, not just a great player, 
it's uh, that's that's uh, that's a gift you give somebody for the rest of their life. Yeah, and, and you said something earlier about the things that you didn't have when you were a kid, and you know you hear the, we've all heard the stories of Tiger Woods and with his dad and all that, but they didn't. I mean, he didn't have the tournaments and to the degrees of the tournaments and the things that are available now. Where is the growth of junior golf? Uh, well, it's certainly in. I mean, it's. I don't think it's as big as we'd like it, but it's probably in tournament junior golf has gotten bigger. Um, and so there's a lot more, there's a lot more tours in my life. Just like when I'm growing up, there was the SCPGA, which I didn't even really know about. Right. Now there's the SCPGA, there's the AJGA, there's uh, Future Champions, there's my tour, California Junior Golf, there's US Kids. Um, so there's a l ample things to play in now. So the growth of the competitive uh, element of, of golf is, is, is really exploded. Southern California is the hub of junior golf in the world. Wow, I did not For know sure. That. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, I mean, just we're, we have so many different cultures that are intermixed here, particularly many Asian cultures that, you know, have... Uh, we have a lot of Chinese, a lot of Korean, a lot of Japanese, and and uh, let's not forget Filipino and Thai as well. Sure. I mean, though all those five cultures make up a large percentage of the junior golfers that you'll see um, in, in competitive tours. And, and I guess the weather helps. And the weather helps, and so and it's just where you need to be to be junior golf. It's not that there aren't other places that have big junior golf programs, but this is it. I mean, this is where like a lot of your tour players come from. What does junior golf need to grow even more? Uh, what junior golf needs to grow more is it needs, I mean, it needs more ac accessibility. It needs more programs that really like get kids playing the game. I think that's always where it's missed. It's where I've kind of built my career and what I've loved about being at Rustic Canyon is that I have access to a golf course, but we need more of that. And the golf business needs to like really do better with that. And in all fairness, you know, we got like PGA Junior League Golf. That's a great step in the right direction making making it more about playing the game and getting more kids in the golf course but we need a, we need to be able to do it on a year-round basis and then we need we need things that like you know make junior golf cool and you know it's like uh you know when the short game came out uh, the, the the netflix movie that was really cool to just to, to see to to inspire other kids to see what kind of what you can do with golf and, and, it, and is it documented those kids going to pinehurst to play in the u.s kids world championship so we need we need more things like that but i just say more people need more programs and we need more access and we need more uh we need more kids being able to play, you know more people teaching kids how to play the game i think that's what it really takes do you think something like drive chip and putt is good for the game of golf sure i mean i don't think anything that gets kids a touch of golf is great i think where we lose it in golf is that we do a pretty good job of like getting these like entry-level exposures but or like the first tee it's like you know you've got millions of kids in the first tee programs but how many of them are really becoming golfers well, right. not that many. <laughs> right. Not right. as many as we would certainly hope um, going going into the going into the future. And again, that's because the next step, a kid loves golf. How do you get them to, um, or is interested in golf? How do you get them in, a, in an environment where they actually really learn to play the game? Because if they don't learn to play the game, get on the golf course, they're never going to love it. But you get them on the golf course and playing, then it's. I mean, it's it's over. I mean, that was how I learned. My dad showed me on the range for five minutes how to hit a ball, three par, played, done. Yeah. Into it. So, yeah. I mean, and, and, and then when I decided it was something, hey, you know, something I can maybe do something with as a, as a high school player, really passionate about it. But if I didn't know how to play, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to go out for my high school team and make it. No. And, and, no way. And golf has that mystique of, of it's hard. And, mm -hmm. you know, with, with, for example, with baseball, it's the same bat and it's the same layout every single time. And in golf, you've got nothing's the same. The ball's the same, I guess, but the clubs are this degree of loft, this degree of loft, this one's big, this one's little, this one's flat. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would be surprised at how good kids, children, let's face it, they're, they're children, can be at this game. How, 
in the grand scope of like the public awareness of how good kids can play, how good can kids play? Really well. I mean, if you scale the course properly, they can play amazing. They can play as good as tour players for all practical purposes. You know, with, without, with, maybe they don't have the power and speed per se, but if you set them up at yardages that would scale the course commensurate like a tour pro, well, you know, I see it all the time on the U.S. Kids Tour. They shoot under par like crazy. Yeah. You know, but it's just, it's all, it's all relevant to that. And can a kid swing a golf club pretty easily? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it, golf swing is an athletic endeavor and it takes a high degree of awareness and sense to propel a golf club in a swinging motion. It is very like hard for an adult to grasp at, but kids, you know, a, a, you know, a raw pe or a moldable piece of clay picks up swinging motions very quickly. Right. Once they understand it and they can kind of do it, he's like, you forever have it. And then this game is very, very playable and you can get very good at doing that. So, so, uh, so kids have, you know, kids have an incredible advantage in this game is that you're at that learn, you're at that phase in your life where you can really learn very easily and, and get good very quickly. And especially if you're motivated and you have access, well, you get to, you get to put time into it. You can put time into this game. You get, you know, in a year you can be, I mean, I've seen many people in a year become seventies players. That's totally, totally doable. I need, Just, a, I need a year. Yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah, you need a year and imagine you didn't have a job and that's all you did for a year. Right. I bet you get pretty good as long as you had, you know, a basically decent fundamentals and, and a decent swing, or, or, or at least a, you know a decent, a decent, a decent motion, and and some a little bit of help along the way. You can get right. really good at this game. What do you think golf teaches kids that other sports, soccer, baseball, football, basketball? What do you think golf teaches kids that other sports don't? Well, I mean, just by by virtue of golf, you call penalties on yourself. I mean, you can call other people out in golf, but the spirit of the game is is to manage yourself. So, whereas every other sport waits for the ref to, follow, to, to throw the flag. So, yeah, I mean, and I think all other sports, I mean, who wants to win getting away with one? But, you know, that's what you see on TV. That's what they do in football. You right. know, they don't throw the flag, they got away with one. Or in basketball, they didn't call that foul. Well, in golf, you got to call the penalty on yourself. So, there's an inbuilt integrity in this game that is that is there and you got to score yourself and you got to report your scores and do people cheat in golf yeah do I have kids in my program that I see cheat sometimes yep and that's part of the learning process is to let them do it and and to know that it, to know that we know it happened and right. to understand and, and to go through that educational process and that's unique about golf it's like hey is you know it's in human it gets human nature to try to get away to get away with things once in a while and in golf it's you know the spirit of the game is not to do that though it's to make it to play it as you find it and 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 it's not a perfect game and it's tough and that's what it that's the fundamental thing it teaches kids and then so knowing that i have to build you now build myself around this imperfect game the thing it teaches me is that if i care about the game it, it i have to learn how to manage my expectations and I have to learn how to manage myself so i can perform and to calm myself down and sometimes to hype myself up and to, to right. know and to be respectful at times and to know to know to communicate how to communicate with the people i mean it's just a, it's an ongoing thing that happens at the speed of life other sports are sped up this happens walking right space between shots so there's there's time going on and there's time and, to stop and think about that's it that's exactly right so there's a lot of reflection time that goes in golf and downtime and that's what really makes it a unique sport and i've seen myself and tell me what you've seen that I think that ripples forward into a lot of things, into kids being able to talk to adults, kids being able to do their homework, kids being able to listen and be respectful and not be maniacs in a restaurant. Golf kids that I know, and I know a lot of them, I see a, there's a difference sure. yeah. there. It's built, it's, built, it's built into the game. I mean, it's, a, it's a disciplined game. It takes a lot of time and practice, and it has a decorum about it. And that's part of learning the game. You know, you learn you learn to be respectful to people. You don't talk when other people hit golf shots. I mean, I mean, I, 
a lot of I feel like a lot of golf etiquette is way overblown, and I think and as golf goes in the future, we'll see less etiquette. But some of it's still very important, you know, like not distracting somebody while they're hitting. Right. But there's but there's but uh, it's fun to watch kids because they're not afraid to talk while other other while things are going on. But they focus just fine when there's a lot of chatter going on. It's really bizarre. Yeah, it is, and it's like you and, know somebody's coughing and velcroing their glove, and the kid doesn't even not even yeah, aware. Yeah, they're, they're not whatever. But um, it's it is very unique in that uh, and that you you have all these. You, you have this kind of etiquette that, that goes around with the game and that there's a respect to it and, and that the traditions of shaking hands and introducing yourself and shaking hands and saying, hey, good game, it was nice playing with you. That's those are that's a very, very, very fun thing to teach kids to do. Right. And that carries. I mean, that's that's Absolutely. life, you know, that's what you do. Absolutely. It's meeting and greeting. It's it's being respectful and it's, you know, it's fun walking with you, spend time in this time getting to know you. Right. And those are, that's that's the unique part about golf is that you do get that opportunity to get to know different people. And it's very rare. It, it, it's funny that you say that. I mean, you go out on a golf course, even if you if you go with, if me and you went and play, we bump into two other people that we will never see again for the rest of our lives, probably, mm-hmm. but we're going to spend four hours with them. Yep. And we're going to hear about their lives and their families and their kids and their, we're going to see their sure. good swings and their bad swings. And we're all buds. Yeah. And there's very few times, and especially in sports, that that happens. Right. That you just, and then when it's all over, it's like, you know, see you, Fred, and it's done. That's right. But in that moment of walking from shot to shot and talking and thinking mm-hmm. and playing and you cheer them on and yeah, it's one of the and uh, you do shake hands and you you know you take your hat off and yeah, you know. it's one of the fun things you know kids that play a lot of competitive golf you know I, I really encourage them to talk to their playing partners and whatnot because you know, you, you, they get to they get to meet playing competitive golf is different because it just has a it has you putting yourself out there a little differently. You know, casual golf is, you know, for you know, for a lot of adults, it's still very nerve-wracking, and they're worried about. For, but for kids, you know, when they go out and they play competitive golf, you know, they're showcasing their skills, and there's there's a lot of nerves that goes in with that, and there's a lot of, a lot of worry worry about it. So when you kind of go out and you play competitive golf with people, yeah, you're trying to score better than them, but at the same time, you guys are battling the course at the same time, and there's a lot that you have in common. And there's a lot that you guys can discuss and, and that, that you are very passionate about at the, at the same time. And so there's just huge opportunities to, to, make, to make friends that, are, are, that really love doing something you, you love doing. And then maybe also be very different for you and, right. and approach the game differently and handle things differently. So it's a, it's a great, uh, I mean, it's a golf, every golf round is a great social experiment. <laughs> it is, for sure. You talked about golf tournaments. You talked about you as kids golf. Dan Martin is the L.A. Tour Director of U.S. Kids Golf, the Great. L.A. Mm-hmm. branch. Can you tell us th- the story or history or a brief synopsis of what is U.S. Kids Golf? Sure. Well, U.S. Kids Golf started as a golf club manufacturing company um, built uh, uh, started by Dan Van Horn, who when his kids started learning golf, he recognized very rapidly that his kids were having no fun because the clubs, the cut-down clubs, were adult clubs were heavy and they couldn't move them. So he set out to use his engineering background, <laughs> helps, um, and to design golf clubs that were lighter and easier for kids to use. And so that's the start of the company. And so he was successful in getting that going. And to help promote the business, he started a world championship. And so that's which is now held at Pinehurst uh, every summer. It's a big, huge tournament. It's got thousands and thousands of kids. That I think from. it's now over two thousand. Yeah, over two thousand kids that, that do this. But, but um, in doing in in starting these clubs, one of the best ways to sell clubs is to have tournaments that feature the clubs and do tournaments for kids. And so that's what started with the World Championship. But then local tours started to spring up, and so that's kind of how that got going. Um, I think I can't tell you the exact date. U.S. Kids Date started. I want to say it was in the '90s somewhere. Um, at least that's the first time I started seeing U.S. Kids Clubs popping up. 
um, having taught kids for most of my career. My association with them is uh, I got the opportunity to run it through uh, Rudy Duran, who is a Tigers uh, childhood swing coach, who's uh, right. been a great mentor to me for uh, my entire career. Uh, he he's actually he actually helped U.S. kids quite a bit with because he was one of the first people to like really cut down and scale clubs. So he really helped kind of U.S. kids with their model of, of getting clubs at the right length for their the, for growth. So they're not you know you're not making just three different sizes of club, but you're making them clubs that you know kids should be changing clubs almost every year. Yeah, and they go in three inch increments, which which matches with about two inches of growth. And so it's right. kind of so, so there's an average to it, but basically their clubs match the height, and they have ultralights for the uh, newer kids, so they can develop a lot of speed. And then they have a, a, a tour series, which is a little bit heavier and stiffer for kids that are a little bit more skilled and already have that speed. Um, but anyway, so that's the, that's the club. So the tour basically was to was started to help sell clubs. Well, the tour became its own entity, and now it's this monstrous uh, organization. It, it's massive. There's in the U.S. I think there's 50 local. Uh, it might be more than that, actually. Yeah, um, and then and there's there's regionals. There used to be 10. Now I think there's 12 or like 15. 12 or 15 regional tournaments. There's uh, there's a golf tournament in Scotland. There's one in Italy. There's mm -hmm. Costa Rica. There's Mexico. There's Sydney, Australia. It's international. Sure. Yeah. It's 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 a it's become a very big organization. And I'm I'm very happy to be a part of it. I, I've been, I've been a, a top 50 uh, coach or kids coach with U.S. Kids three years, and then that made me a master kids coach. So I always have that status with U.S. Kids, and I've been running the tour. This is my tenth year doing it. So. And what does your job entail being the director of a? Uh, well, I'm kids? I'm responsible for booking all the tournaments, um, working with the courses, uh, being uh, you know handling the website and making all the pairings and doing all the paperwork and and printing all the scorecards and being there and having a staff to run the tournament and writing the recap and the whole thing. So, I mean, I basically- it's, I, I mean, it's a full on event. It is, it, yeah. It's, it's and a, you do 24 a year. I do 24 local tour events a year, yes. And so, and my average, you know, average uh, turnout is you know, 120 kids per tournament or so. How competitive is it? It's extremely competitive. It's amazing. I mean, again, here we are, we're in Southern California where, you know, this is the junior golf hub of the world. So yeah, there's naturally a lot of young kids uh, and we go up to 14 years of old. That's where you age out in U.S. kids. But yeah, from from the boys six and under and girls seven and under division all the way up to the boys 13, 14, there's kids that can shoot under par. But what I love about U.S. kids and it's unique, it, it's still the entry platform for a kid that's ready to start playing tournament golf. The parents are allowed to caddy for better or for worse. Usually it's okay. <laughs> but we, we have our we have we have we have our challenges with that. But 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 it's a family golf environment. So it's not like other junior tours where it's parents get away, no spectators, just the kids. And there's a place for that. I'm not saying that's wrong or right, but right. U.S. Kids is inclusive. It's family. It's hey, let's get these kids going. Let's get the family involved with the, with golf. And so for that reason, there's potential for growth into the families as well. But but it's but it, with the parent being on the bag, it's really nice that it allows you know a seven and eight year old boy to be able to play golf. We scale the golf course so they can play the golf course at yardages that would if they're skilled, they hit the they're able to reach par fives like a tour pro. They're not mm -hmm. ever having to hit you know irrelevant shots driver, like driver, driver 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 then hit it on the green it's right. like drive it hit a mid iron or a wedge depending on the on the shot and for a par four and then they're putting and um and so they're they're able to shoot shoot scores if they're pretty skilled uh, at doing that and it's, yeah it's super competitive and it's a lot of fun I, i've enjoyed doing it. i've what well, i must be into my I'm over 300 tournaments now running wow. and doing uh, doing u.s kids i mean 24 year is a lot the, the parents who play when your recap comes out especially if your kid did well it's always cool to see i don't know how you do it all i really don't because you're here all day i'm here all day i'm exhausted and then you go home and write a newsletter yep and does everybody do that no 
Is that is that a Dan Martin special? Uh, that, that I mean, I think some other tour directors do it, but that's just something that I've always thought was really valuable. I said the coach's tip at the bottom. Yeah, it's I mean, a, it's, I mean, a, whole, it's, it's a real it's, thing. It's marketing for me too, as well. But I, one thing that I got from one of my assistant coaches, the, her name is Mary Sweeney, uh, when I was helping with the Oaks Christian Middle School team. You know, she was the coach, and I would I'd help her, and she used to help me with my junior program. But she always did. She used to coach soccer, and she said she always wrote recaps. I said that's brilliant. Yeah. And so sure, she wrote recaps for my program, and so when I started US Cast, you know, I'm every tournament. I have not missed one. I have every single one yeah, from the very I've first every tournament one we run, played in, going all the way back to 2010, and which was the first tournament was actually uh, here at Rustic Canyon uh, in 2010 when I first took over the LA Tour. But I've written a recap every single time, and I said I'm going to make sure I do a couple things. Hey, we're going to recap the best players of the day because that's great. Okay, but not every kid gets a medal, not every kid gets a ribbon, and we had ribbons back then. How do I like get kids in, in, in this thing that shoot their best score? So I always like to make sure I, I want to know every kid that shoots their best score, because I want you in that recap. Say, like, hey, you broke 50 for the first time. Right. Or you broke 60. I don't care what yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, it's great. For nine holes, and that's it. But it's, it's hey, let's recognize the kids that are uh, that really that are getting into this game and are embarking in competitive golf, which is intimidating. It's not easy, you know, even as a kid, you know, it's, it's pretty weird having other people watch you hit golf shots and counting your yeah. scores. There's a lot going on out there. So to get kids through those first three or four tournaments and be able to recognize them for doing that and for having the courage to play, that if my recap can make that kid feel good about his game, he's gonna play golf or she's gonna play golf. I think it does. And it's funny, like from my 2010 days and 2011, a lot of those kids are already out of college. Wow. So it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Let's, uh, let's take um, Sean Crocker, who plays in a European tour. He's played my U.S. Kids Tour. He's on the European Tour now. So. <laughs> wow. Well, and I think the new, just real quick on the newsletter, I think it's good because not only do you, these are the winners, these are the scores, these are the high scores, but you also give high moments. This is a hole-in-one, this is an right. eagle mm -hmm. who broke 90, 80, 60, whatever. You also welcome the new kids. So if this is mm -hmm. their first golf tournament, very few kids come into their first, first golf tournament and do really well. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they're really young. Mm -hmm. they, they're not... Oftentimes they're not really ready for it. They're not but, really but, ready but, but and they can't really be that experienced because they're six. Mm -hmm. But to see their name in that thing, I think it goes a long ways. Mm -hmm. At least the parents like it. <laughs> yeah, and but that's parents, a whole other thing dealing with the parents. But, I'm the, sure. but, the, but the parents can show the kids, uh, you know, hey, you know, this is they're recognizing. Hey, look at you made the recap. You did good. I always felt like that's a that's a big deal. I think it is a big deal. And so, you said <laughs> earlier about the short game. Netflix very first documentary, I believe it was their first documentary, yep. was called the first, short. First game. one they uh, they they outright uh, owned. They owned, co-executive produced by Justin Timberlake and I believe his wife. And it's a play on words. It's a short game. And you think, oh, it's going to be about, you know, chipping and putting. And it's about short, short golfers. Yep. Seven and eight years old as they prepare to play in the World Championship. At Pinehurst. At Pinehurst, the cradle of golf in America. What did that movie do for junior golf? That was pretty amazing because uh, I was doing pretty well with building this tour, starting with 40-player tournaments. And, you know, just from doing a good job, I was getting up to 80. When that movie came out and became popular, my tour jumped literally up to about 120, 130, 140 kids per, per event. So the demand went way up. So it really stimulated and it inspired a lot of kids to play, to pick up a golf and go, oh wow, these kids are, they get to go to play the World Championship, to get involved with golf. It, just, it was a great, great marketing piece. It was, obviously it featured US Kids Golf. And you were in it twice. Uh, yes, I have uh, brief cameos in, uh, in, in that as well. So, but uh, yeah, definitely, uh, and it's fun because I hear a lot of the kids to this day, oh, I saw the short game, I saw you. And Absolutely, and those kids, <laughs> Are those kids that are in it, a lot of them still play. A lot of them are rock stars. Absolutely. I mean, Alexa Pano yep. is 14 years old. There's no doubt she's going to be a success yep. on the mm -hmm. LPGA. You were in it for 
Amari Avery. Uh, yeah, that she was on the LA tour at that point in time. Who's yep. still amazing, amazing young, young golfer, she's an incredible player. And I, yeah, it's funny when I showed my my sons for the first time, I wanted to show them here, just look at the little beginning, and you see their kids, and they're like, okay, that's good, and they're like, no, I'm gonna watch the whole thing. Then they went on to memorize it. They know where the kids are from. They they know all the jokes, the punchlines. They know how to play Alan Kornikova's shell game. It, I mean, it did a lot just for my kids' growth in golf and mm-hmm. interest in golf. I can't imagine what it did overall for the it, it for was, the junior it, industry. It was, it was good. I said we need another short game. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of run its course, but yeah, if you're uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a kid you want to get into golf, go get that movie. And, Absolutely, and, and sit down and watch it because it will it'll fire your kid up, and you'll kind of see what's out there and available for for kids to get into. It's almost golf. shot like a Charlie Brown <laughs> sure. episode yeah. where there's not many adults in it. Everything is from the yep. eye line side uh-huh. of a little kid. So every kid I ever known who's watched it loves it because it's like oh they're just like me. Yep, they're in second grade and third grade, and they're they got to listen to their mom and. And, and I think that really helps the kids to kind of look. There's something on TV that's about my, my, me and my friends. For sure, yep. You have U.S. Kids Golf. Mm-hmm. You go out and now have started something else called California Junior Golf. Tell me the goal of California Junior Golf and what, you, what void you're filling. Uh, well, there's not, in, in the hub of Junior Golf here in Southern California, there's not enough uh, two-day ranked competitive tournaments for older kids. Um, and plus, one of the things I always hate about you know, U.S. Kids, I, mean, I love U.S. Kids, but... Kids age out, and then they go off to other tours. I at 14, feel, they're out. Yeah, at 14, yeah. When, when they turn 15, they're, then, they're, then they're off and playing other things. And, and there's lots of things to play in, but I always felt like, hey, I, I'd like for the kids that I help develop golf, I'd love them to stay in my network of how we run tournaments because I run, I run a lot of that minus the caddies. and We run it very similar. We have recaps and go out of our way to put on a really good tournament that's well-organized and properly staffed. But our main goal now is to, is to have a, ve- a vehicle, another vehicle in L.A., and there are a lot of tours in L.A., but they're not enough to meet the demand of kids that want to play collegiate golf and want to build a resume. So that's really the purpose. So we do we do at least a monthly two-day tournament at courses, mostly San Fernando Valley, LA, greater LA, the west side, um, because not a lot of the other tournament organizations actually play these courses. And so we're kind of, we're, that's kind of what we're basing out of, but our goal is to build a really solid, reputable tour that, that kids can come and play and, uh, and can build a solid college, uh, college golf resume and that we network with a lot of college coaches. So, so you don't have to travel to go out and, 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 uh, and go, go up the ladder of uh, playing, a, playing a competitive golf. And these are kids up to 18? Up to 18, yeah. You can play this through high school. Yep. So not only you be in your high school team, but you can get out here, you can do this. You know, obviously, I'm assuming a lot of college Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my par- yeah. So my partner John Leary, uh, he played. Uh, he was a great junior player growing up uh, here in Southern California. He played at USC. Uh, you know, made a run at playing uh, professionally. Had injuries kept him from going all the way. But uh, but uh, him and I have you know we, we put our put our forces together and uh, and and formed this tour. And it's been it's been really good. You know, I've got I've got the uh, you know I got the know how and the background of how to run and manage and operate something like that. And he, he brings a very unique perspective of having been involved with professional golf and the highest level. And, uh, you know, the two of us, uh, we've hit it off and we're having a good time uh, building, building a new, building a new business. Yeah. yeah, it's great. We've, you know, we've only played in the one because our, my, my son, the one, yeah, and that's built for older kids on the young yeah, side. Exactly. So, so, but it was great and, and it's challenging and it's, it's definitely harder than us kids. The yardages are longer mm-hmm. and it, it's definitely, com- it's competitive though. It's not, sure. mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going out there going, Oh, we can just, you know, no, you're not, you're going to go get your butt handed to you if you, if you, if you think like that. Uh, we also have an academy with the, uh, with the, with the program. So California junior golf, our really our overall thing is not just to have a tour, but it's to have an educational platform 
to really help kids that are into golf go to play collegiate golf or maybe even get into the golf business, but to know how it works. Right. And we're here to help parents learn how to coach their kids and how to interact properly. So we really were trying to, we're trying not just to run tournaments. That's our platform, but we're, we, we like we work with Recruit Look now, um, and we have a, we have a we have a guy there that comes out and he actually scouts our kids and he gives he gives uh, you know he gives evaluations of kids and and gives them opportunity you know to to work with him and to 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 be like uh, to be have the recruiting process managed. So we're educating parents on how that whole process works. And there's a lot of things in junior golf that people think. That, well, if I play good enough, college coaches are going to find me. It's garbage. I need to play. There's not that many people on a college golf no, team. No, exactly. But there's tons of places to play, and there's tons of opportunities. And so we wanted to make sure we had a tour that allowed kids to play um, that aren't necessarily playing at the highest, highest level, but that are good. And there's a place for them to play in college. And so we want to make sure we have a tour that they can play on, and then we want to teach them how, well, how do you get to those colleges that aren't necessarily out there looking and scouting, like the big schools, like the UCLA's and the USC's and the Arizona's and, you know, and the right. SEC schools and stuff like that. And so that's a big part of what we do with California Junior Golf as well. And then we coach and we have, we have an academy. I love the academy. I love the camps. You have day camps. You have week camps. You have 11-week camps. And every one you have paperwork. Every one you warm up and you have the games. And... It seems like the kids are having fun, and it's one of those things that's a little bit of a deception. It's a little bit of like, look over here at the shiny object, and while they're looking over here, they're getting really good at golf. That's right, exactly. Because yeah. they're having fun. Yeah, and that's 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 kind of going back to our earlier in our conversation. Environment is huge. Right. And it isn't for a tournament, too. So with California Junior Golf and our tournaments, the environment is inviting. It's friendly. It's what I, it's what I take from U.S. kids. It should be fun. It should not be... You know, oh, show up, you know, tour, and nobody's paying attention to what you're doing, and nobody's nobody's helping you through the process. No, we want to be there for you through your good rounds and your bad rounds, and provide an environment that's comfortable and welcoming, and then one you don't have to go travel, you know, through tarnation to go play. Right. Build a beautiful college golf resume here, right here in your backyard. Because at the end of the day, if you can learn how to shoot good scores back to back days, you're going to find a place to play golf. <laughs> for sure. And I think that's encouraging to a lot of people. It lot, is. Yep. And a lot of kids and. You know, a college football team has 70 people. A college golf team has eight. Uh, well, I mean, five play. Yeah, but only <laughs> five, five play. And, you know, some, some colleges carry seven or eight. Some carry 15. It's super competitive. But, yeah, you don't want to go to college and not be on the traveling squad. You want to be on the traveling squad. So you, there's a lot you need to learn about the whole recruitment process and where you should be kind of, kind of putting your energy and who you should be communicating and what schools are for you. But, you know, you know a boy that can shoot in the 70s can find a place. A girl that can sometimes break 90 can find a place I've and heard get that. it and get it paid for too. I've heard so, that. So so there's so just being involved with competitive golf. There's just from this college scholarship side. But the other thing you got to understand, there's not very many full uh, full rides in in, in golf mm-hmm. either. That that doesn't happen very much. So yeah, that's I've heard I've heard that too. Unfortunately. Well, so. What do you think would surprise people about junior golf? Mm, that's like that's an interesting question. Um, that didn't know about junior golf. Yeah, they just oh, they're just a bunch of kids out there playing golf. What do you think? Would I think surprise? you would be really surprised at the maturity level that these kids play with. I think that that would amaze you. It's just junior competitive golf. You, you would, I remember having my dad come out and watch one of my students play. Um, he was he was contending in the LA City um, in the boys' 14, 15 year old division, and so my dad came out and watched with me and walked the golf course, watching his name was J.D. Archibald. He ended up winning the tournament. He was he was blown away with how how mature these 14 and 15 year old players were right. and how they conducted themselves and how well they swung and how they walked. He was just like blown away. It's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are like pros. And, yeah. and, you know, albeit it was the final day on a tournament and we were watching some of the better players, but I mean, yeah, there's like, that was kind of, that was, I think people don't 
understand that it's not a bunch of kids running around. This is a bunch of young adults and, right. and, people, and, and, and kids that have a lot of, uh, a lot of good adult-like uh, characteristics. What do you think is the future of junior golf? The future of junior golf. Well, it's growing, so that's good. That's a, that's a really hard question to, to, uh, to, to decipher. I mean, I think it's helping where there's, there's all these things that weren't around when you and I were kids, and, and you've added another to the mix with California Junior Golf. I, to me, it seems like there's much more accessibility. Now, granted, I live in Southern California, so my kids can go play all the time, anytime, anywhere they want. And that's not always the case mm -hmm. in every place, but it seems like to me there's just there's more opportunity. There is definitely, and there there's a lot there's a lot of potential in junior golf for kids to do something that's that's unique and exciting. Um, I, I think the future of junior golf it, it's going to attract with more serious injuries being uh, you know just let's just take football for instance. The amount of kids that are going to play football in the future is going to drop because we know about CTE and we know how, how, how dangerous head injuries are. So a lot more kids that are athletic are gonna start kind of get involved with golf. And you got a relatively safe, not, it's not purely injury free, but it's sure. highly unlikely that you know, you're not-, you're not Nobody's gonna tackle you. No, for sure. You, know, you can get wrist injuries and things like that from, from technique or certain things. But by and large, yeah, it's, a, it's a something you'll be able to do the rest of your life and it's a lot of fun. So I think from that stand, standpoint, we'll see more athletes get in the, in the golf, which means we'll see more people hit it farther, which is really exciting more about the Brooks game. More Brooks Kepkas of the world. Yeah, Brooks Kepkas and Matt Wolfs and, and things like and, and players like that that can just absolutely get our great athletes and get up there and hammer the ball. So that's a, that's that's a, that's there's gonna be some exciting excitement in it. Um, I think we'll see more. Hopefully, we'll see more women get into the game. I think that women's golf is finally maybe going to get over the edge i think it's been doing the lpga has been doing better and better but uh you know the talent level of girls we have that play our tours is just amazing yeah and how, how many how many good players are and i just think so many more girls would really like golf if they were introduced to it and uh, i think that's i think that we'll see more initiatives to get more girls involved with the game i mean it really should be 50 50. there's no reason that yeah that girls can't get out here and play this game and play it well and have a wonderful time with it yeah it, the it, girls i see out here they're very good and very into it. And they're into I mean, it. I yeah, see girls yeah. in your camp, and it's not like yeah, you know, they, they, they want to beat the boys. Yeah, they don't want to be a cheerleader. They want to go out there and win. And not... yet, you can still be a girl. You know, it's not like they're all tomboys. Right. You know, they're they're just you know they just they're just they just love they love the game and hitting golf balls, but they still can be very girly and fashionable about it if yeah. they if, if they so want to be. And there's a style component to it that is maybe becoming a little more cool. And I think maybe that's the future junior golf. That this game is not going to be the old man game anymore. And that's was going back to the short game. That's what's so cool about that movie. It's like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> right. And it's kids. Okay? Right. And that was the great thing about that movie is it featured just as many girls as boys. Yep. And the one person who's come out of that movie is the girl. That's right. Alexa Pano. That's right. I'm so excited for the future of her game because the potential for her is, yeah, it's, is it's limitless. Astro it's astronomical. You have a product that I want to talk about called the Pro. Tell me about the Pro. All right, so the, the, the Pro is a object that helps isolate the physics of a golf swing in a very tangible way. Um, it's a very simple idea that's uh, rooted in kind of how Bobby Jones used to maintain his swing. He used to swing a ball at the end of a rope. Um, but a, a, a swinging, a, a swing, a golf swing, we call it a swing because a swing is a physics force, basically. Okay, so you have, you have different types of acceleration. You have linear, and then you have rotational. Okay, rotational accelerations are, are things like swings. So things, something as simple as like a playground swing involve you speed up because of rotational acceleration. 
and that tension that goes through the chains in a, in a, in a playground seat as you swing, that force is something that you have to experience throughout your body in different parts. So you're, you not only do you swing your golf club, but you actually swing your arms with your torso. And so you have these two swinging objects that people that are very good at golf can sense these things. People that struggle to golf have no clue. Well, my, <laughs> well, my training aid rapidly identifies the biggest problem that golfers have, which is they use their hands to move the weight of the golf club, their hand muscles. Right. You're supposed to swing the golf club more like you're throwing something, where your hand is moved and propelled by a sequence of movements. And so when you swing the pro, which is basically a rope attached to a foam pad, it's very light, and a grip, if you can keep the components in a line, you are learning the skill of swinging something. If it bends, you're starting to recognize where you have a habit of putting leverage against a club and actually breaking the swing. And it's very easy because it's a rope. That's exactly right. And so, so, it's, so it's a very easy looking device. It's easy to swing it and make it whoosh, but it's very difficult to do it correctly. Right. And so when you learn how to do it correctly, it starts to take away a lot of the movement patterns or it starts to develop a lot of the body movement patterns naturally and instinctively and also teaches you to use your hands in such a way, what we call like not using your hands. So you, there's a lot of conjecture in golf, whether you use your hands or you don't. Well, your hands swing. And so there's a lot of wrist action in a golf swing, but it's not forced wrist action. So people, why golf is difficult is because they try to push, push the golf club. So the pro is a very simple solution if you're willing to learn how to swing it, to model and learn how a swing works and then learn how to apply those forces and those feels to your golf club. So like any training aid, it's, it, it doesn't solve anything. Hitting a golf ball is a very unique thing, and it comes with a lot of other things that have to go there. Right. There's a lot of other, but it's a great supplement to teaching. I find it's fascinating that it is, it, it's seemingly simple when you look at it, and you're like, well, how can that thing help? And then you do it. And if you go really fast, of course it's going to be in a straight line because it's centrifugal force, and you're moving Well, but, fast. No, but if you video it, it's bent like crazy. Yeah. It's actually bent. So, so yeah, the, so the skill of keeping the grip, the rope, and the pad, it makes, it makes your wrist, you have to learn how to get your wrist to work with the swing, not to try to force the swing. And it's one size fits all? It's left-handed and right-handed? That's right. And yeah. how do people get the pro? Uh, easiest way to go is to go to a website, swingthepro.com. There you go. Swing or you can go to my, my website, Dan Martin Golf. Either way, you can get there. But uh, yeah, really, really I cool, highly advise it. Really cool, simple training aid. Uh, you know, all, all the kids I work with uh, swing it on a regular basis. Yeah, you could I, do it watching TV. And I've, I've really, I really use it to develop. It's my shortcut for developing swings now. I mean, I used to do other kind of innovative things with body motion. I've always been a guy that wants to get the basic movement pattern down. I don't like to break down the positions. And so I really love I, using the pro is such a, such a fun way to, to get people to swing because it's once they kind of get it, it's just, it's amazing how good their swing looks. Right. And they put the club back in their hand and then they start to learn, oh, I'm not really doing the same the thing. The feels are different. The feels are different. And so being able to kind of use that as a model, which is really, really it is a model of a swing can help people kind of maybe, maybe make uh maybe get, get better faster. I mean, that's right. what we're looking for with any kind of training aid. You're obviously very, very busy. Uh, do you ever get out to play anymore? Uh, occasionally. So I think I think the most time I play is I play our PGA chapter or section events here and there. So yeah. So yeah, it's, it's ironic. I don't practice much. I had balls, you know, every other day or so. So not like not for hours on end. But you know, I try to I try to always kind of keep, keep on working on something in my golf swing sure. and, and keep learning, keep getting better. I unfortunately, as a player, did not get the start that I would that I love that I'm able to give for a lot of my the, the players I coach. 
you know, I was self-taught and I have a lot of the bad habits that a lot of struggling golfers have. But, you know, I, also I played as a kid enough that I found functionality and I got good at playing the game. So I'm forever trying to make my swing a little bit better and correct some of the things that I taught myself how to do. But I mean, that's a lot of fun for me and that, that makes me a much better teacher as well as going, going through the process of, of continually trying to develop and, 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 and be better. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be, to have been mentored by, by coaches. And then there's a lot of good coaches that have a lot of good information out right now, which is fun. It's a fun, the fun time to be into golf swing because it's unique. Um, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, myths have been kind of like crushed, um, right. by, by guys like, uh, by, by, by George Gankus and, uh, and, um, well, he'd be like the one I would just stand out with because he just does such a good job of doing something totally different, but that the physics of it are like spot on right. money right. and right. it looks different. And, and I think that's, that's really exciting is that, okay, the learning to play this game isn't necessarily you have to do these certain things. There's a lot of different kind of methods that get the club to swing well, and it's not his isn't the only way. There's a lot of there's a lot of very kind of what we call conventional ways that are effective, but uh, it's a cool it's a cool it's a cool time to kind of be alive and into golf, and and there's a lot of really cool information out there. Maybe still too much, and it still can be overwhelming and confusing. But yeah, uh, but uh, how satisfying is it for you to see kids that you coach play well? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's the, that's, that's my favorite thing. And that's what I like about coaching. Cause I, I always consider myself a total game coach. It's not just golf swing. It's, it's being able to, to, you know, teach them how to play the game and how to think and how to manage themselves, um, through mostly through my programs. But some of my most gratifying time is like, I, I always have an open door or open phone call. I love when my, I want my kids when they're competing, you know, call me good round, bad round. I don't care. Right. But it's, it's nice when they call me after a good round, sure. get all the highlights and get, sure. get, get, get going. And yeah, that's, it's very, it's very gratifying, but um, I don't know. I, I actually kind of like it when a, a kid calls me and, and they had a bad round and things weren't working. I can ask them the questions and kind of get it to the root and, and, and give them some give them some hope for the next year, something to focus on, and to see that actually transmit to a better day the next day. To see some growth happen. That's at the end of the day, it's probably more rewarding. Honestly, that's nice. the that's the that's the that's the good stuff because that's when you know you've had an impact. Is when you've helped somebody go from the the, the bads to the goods. Not just oh, I had a great round and I was functioning really well. I, mean, I just thought of this now. I had a kid. I was playing one time and a kid in front of me. We I may have told you this before. We got to the tee box one time and it was a little slow. And the kid in front of me jumped out of the cart and he had a Dan Martin golf <laughs> on his sleeve. And I said, I know Dan Martin. And first of all, he looked at me like I was insane. Like, why are you talking to me? I'm not playing with you. And then he goes, Yeah. And I go, Yeah. And I told him how I knew you. And he said, My golf game would not be where it was if it was not for Dan Martin. Oh, that's nice. So, there you go. Well, You're impacting people. Well, that's 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 good. Uh, at least as long as we as long as we get a few in there. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's why I mean that's why we that's why we coach, and I think that's why I coach kids is because the opportunity to do something that's not just hey, I made your golf game better, but you've hung out with me for five years, and hopefully I've helped mold you into a, a good person. Yeah. And and somebody who's motivated and has some you know has something to offer the world. Yeah. There's a resonance there, for sure. This last bit, I just kind of want to, it's not a speed round. I don't know what to call it, but it's just kind of fun. I throw some different things out there, whatever pops into your head, but these are all things about you. What clubs do you hit? Uh, Callaway. What putter do you play? Uh, Odyssey. What balls do you hit? Uh, Callaway Chrome Soft. What's your handicap? Uh, Probably play to about a two. Two? What's your best score? Uh, 68. 
Many yeah. times too. I, that just seems like I've had rounds that go a lot better than that, but for whatever reason, man, always regress back to that 68 coming down the street. I would love to regress <laughs> to a 68. You ever had a hole in one? Uh, yes, I've had five. Five hole in ones. Do you, is one of them stand out more than the other? Yes. Uh, the last one I had, which was in 2006, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. It was a really interesting day. Uh, playing out here at Rustic Canyon, back nine with a couple buddies. Wind is howling 40 out here. Okay, so we got sand. We get is a sand ant. It's a day that nobody should be on a golf course. Probably shot 50, and it was just one of those days. You just couldn't hit the ball. You know, you're playing the 13th hole up, up, uphill into that wind, and you know it's four shots to get to the green. It's one of those crazy days. But get up on the par par three 15. You know, dinky little hole. Wind's blowing off the right in my face. This is a 138 yard shot. I'm going, okay, this is going to be four iron today. Wow. <laughs> I, I, had four, I had four in about 195. So that's what I, that's what I picked. And I kind of played like a chop four. I was like, if I hit anything that's going in the air, it's going, it's coming backwards at me. And what was unique about that shot is I got over the ball and I got very uncomfortable because I remember the last time I played that hole, I shanked a ball up on the other, on the, under the green on the other one. Mm. And that went through my mind and I like, you know what? I need to reset. I can't get up there. And I just coached myself. Like, that's probably not what I want to be thinking. So I backed off. I walked up. And I hit this beautiful, boring shot up the right. The wind caught it, and then it kind of landed on the back of the green, and then it rolled down, and it rolled down, two tiers. And then I Bam. thought it was going to roll off the green. I was like, well, the only reason that didn't roll off the green is because it went in. And we walked up there, and that ball was in the hole. But the impactful part was that I coached myself in the moment. I almost let myself hit a terrible golf shot. Nice. With a bat. And I like backed off and I like went through the process and just settled myself down and just hit this beautiful shot. And I got rewarded for it. Are you listening, kids? I was. So, He's listening to his own so, coach. So, so, yes, that was a. No, I don't always do that, unfortunately, but that, that moment, that one stood out. And that was a crazy day because, I mean, all my other hold ones were on fairly short par threes with comfortable situations, hitting wedges or right. nine irons or something like that. I know that hole. That is a very hard hole. A four iron is, that's like a. That's I like mean, a nine it's, iron yeah, hole. it's normally a nine iron hole. So I'd give you an idea how hard the wind was blowing. So trying to hit like this little kind of punch trap four iron against that wind. And it was, it was pretty cool. So. What's your favorite course? Uh, interesting. Old course St. Andrews. What's your favorite major? U.S. Open. Okay. A lot of people say masters. Not for me. Um, this may be sacrilege to golfers, but I am not enamored. With, I mean, I like watching the masters. Not enamored with the whole idea of such an exclusive club. I am a public golfer at heart. So the U.S. Open is my, that's my major. And that's, that's what it's all about. That's and great. My other part is when I was 10, my dad took me to the 1982 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. My, I learned to play golf at nine. My idol was Tom Watson. I was going to say, was that the Tom I was Watson? Standing, I was standing on the 18th tee when he chipped in on 17. I didn't see it, but I heard it. Because we were all trying to, you know, there's a lot of people there. But that was that that always resonates in my in my oh, mind. Wow. Now, the thing that I didn't know this is a funny story is when I was at the U.S. Open, my dad told me that I would literally give a breakdown to every group of what this, what each golfer was doing. So I didn't realize I had this like golf knowledge of all how all the how the pros would say, no, this guy's off his game, or no, this guy's playing really well. <laughs> Done. And all this, he, my dad said the people around us just got the biggest kick of me breaking down the uh, breaking down each oh, player. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't remember that, but all I remember is I wore the wrong pair of shoes and I had a blister that day, and I remember Tom. Watson and Tom Watson, Tom Watson chipped in. Chipping in and hearing that roar. So that was really cool. So, What is something I would not expect to find in your golf bag? That's interesting. Um, what is in my golf bag that... Uh... <laughs> Whatever know. it is. I don't, know. I don't even know what's in my golf bag. Um, dang, I mean, you would not expect to find that. There's nothing in my golf bag that you would not expect to find. I mean, you'll find one of my training aids in there. <laughs> okay. But you might, that, but that's, that, that's about, that's about it. I might not expect it because it's not that big, but it's kind of big to be fitting in a golf bag yeah. all the time. Okay. So that, that, that'd be about it. What do you have to have in your golf bag when you play? Extra glove. 
extra glove. I'm notorious for losing gloves, so extra glove for sure. What's the best advice you've ever gotten, golf or otherwise? Best advice I've ever gotten, holy cow. Honestly, one of the best advices I got recently was to start another tour. Start, you, start a California Junior Golf Tour. I mean, that's what ended up coming up, but to actually start another tour. One of the best pieces of advice I got is, why are you developing all these kids on U.S. Kids Court and then sending them away? And I was like, that was a really good piece of advice. <laughs> it's like, you know what? You're right. Why am I doing that? I need to, like, build something that keeps my people in my in the fold of my, of my, my basic business. So is that, it someone you would take advice from? No, not normally. <laughs> no, in fact, uh, no. But but it's always it's always that's always uh, that's always resounded with me. So it's one of the reasons that that tour is in existence because of that piece of advice. It motivated me to to do it. That's great. Well, we're sitting outside. The sun is going down. It is a perfect night here right now. Yep. Birds are chirping. The sky's getting dark. We're on the golf course. Thanks for doing this. You're a big part of junior golf in Southern California, and speaking for a lot of parents. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You can follow Dan on his Instagram at DanMartinGolf. His website is DanMartinGolf.com. Sign up for events. Sign up for tournaments. Sign up for camps. If you want to look at U.S. Kids Golf or California Junior Golf, you can go to USKidsGolf.com, CaliJuniorGolf.com. And if you want a lesson from Dan, you can always find Dan right here at Rustic Canyon Golf Course in Moore Park, California. Dan, thanks a lot. This was great. Do you still play the cello? Uh, occasionally. I still have it, yeah, but not, not, not very often, but I every learned, once in a while. All right. I learned something new about Dan Martin today. So, Dan, thanks a lot. Have a great night, and uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Golf Bag. I'm Dave West. We'll see you again.